The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. Well, let me tell you, from experience, that feeling gets better. No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, it really doesn't. Not at all. Not at all. All right. Well, we are Those Guys with Ships, and this is episode number 130 of our show, the Happy Birthday Jimmy Show. Yay. Yay. Balloons for everyone. (laughs) Balloons. Actually, this is the Versecast, the best damn Star Citizen podcast. In this show, we discuss development news to do with the best damn space sim Star Citizen. Today is December 5th, 2946. And remember, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Who said that? Um, I don't know. Yogi Berra. Oh. Not, 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 not the, not the, hey, the, the other one. It's, yeah, sports ball. I don't know anything about your sports your sports ball. <laughs> All right. Well, Jimmy, there you know, it's your birthday and there is so much exciting news. There's going to be sitting in Star Citizen at the bar. <laughs> it's a clever segue. Thank you. So, Thank sitting you. at the bar as in uh Bar Citizen Santa Monica this uh past uh Saturday? Well, yes, there's that, but there's also the uh the tweet that Sandy set out uh showing uh developers uh working on the sitting mechanic, which I know is something you've been looking forward to ever so much. It's the little things, man. It's the little things. I yes, I I was um I was really happy to see that tweet. But I was infinitely amused at like the the half dozen or so people that were like, "Hey, Jimmy, look, you can sit in the game." <laughs> Happy birthday, Jimmy! <laughs> ah, Have a it's seat. a birthday miracle. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Look, I know it's a little thing, but uh, the role player in me is very excited to see that they're actively working on that, and it's, and with quite detail too, quite mm-hmm. detail with quite yeah. a lot of detail. So um, you're going to be able to sit any which way you please. If not for stool, then why for sits? Mmm, crisscross applesauce. That's my favorite. <laughs> and speaking of bars, Jimmy, you attended a bar citizen this last week, didn't you? I did. I did. Um, Tell us all about it. All right. So, uh, very last minute, I didn't really know a whole lot about it. Um, Wolf, uh, the the uh, the one, the only uh, Wolf uh, Larson had actually mentioned it to me. And then uh, I think uh, Disco had actually confirmed it last minute uh, on Saturday. So it was a small crowd, which was really nice. Um, the first one I went to was a massive crowd. Um, I spent most of the night hanging out with Zale, uh, hanging out with uh, with Nighthawk Zale from Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. and Steve Bender and Germach. Um, but it was a really, really big crowd. Uh, this one, much, much smaller. Uh, I would say there was maybe maybe nine, ten people there. You know, maybe twelve really? at the most. Oh. Yeah. And, and that was really cool, um, you know, and got uh, the opportunity to actually talk with Lando for a bit, which is kind of the first time uh, that I've really, like, had that opportunity, which was cool, you know. And mm-hmm. it was funny because Wolf and I walked up to Lando, and, and he has a little bit better a rapport with uh, with Lando than I do, obviously. And uh, we immediately were like, tell us all the things you can't tell us, t- can't tell anybody else. <laughs> and uh, you know, and he and he laughed as as he does, uh, you know, which was it was just cool, you know. And then, um, you know, there were a few other people that were there uh, hanging out, but really, it was uh, it was disco, and he went from table to table and uh, spent, you know, a good fifteen fifteen twenty minutes just talking to everybody about, you know, whatever questions they had on their mind or just kind of general things about the game and even beyond the game we talked about uh you know Star Wars and Star Wars theories and whatnot and so that was really cool as well. Uh and speaking of which uh, since you're not going to be with us for the second show uh let's uh let's get it out of the way now. You got your tickets, right? Of course. 
Dolby Dolby Digital uh, Dead Center uh, opening night. Fantastic. I, I you know I'm not going opening night. I'm not going till Sunday. Um, I couldn't get uh, opening night. Uh, my 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 dude fell through. But you, uh, your dude? I know you have a dude. Why did your dude fall through? Uh, because my my ticket dude uh, has a six month old baby, <laughs> oh. so uh, he's got he's got this really weird priority problem right now. Priorities, yeah. So, but anyway, I think Sunday is going to be uh, good enough. I'm excited. It's IMAX. Um, I think it's in 2D though, which is interesting. I was kind of surprised. I, I kind of expected it to be in 3D, but uh, um, it's going to be IMAX 2D. But and, and I and I think that it's uh, this is less of a thing at, than episode seven was just because of you know episode seven being the the rebirth or sort of the the reawakening if you will um, so but still excited to see it um, I'm uh, reading a book right now that is a prequel to Rogue One oh cool um, it's called Catalyst and it's written by James Laceno Lacero Laceno Lacero Something like that, but it's called Catalyst, and it's really good. He's a really good author. He's the one that wrote Tarkin, um, and um, uh, so it, getting my uh, getting my homework done in, in time for the movie. So I'm enjoying that, and uh, my uh, my ticket dude uh, has uh, just about finished it, and he said that it's uh, one of his uh, favorite Star Wars bits of fiction, and he has read them all at least once. So, nice, nice. Well, that uh, was um, one. Highly of the- recommend. One of the things that we were talking about uh, was the fact that the the excitement that we all had of the fact that this was a standalone Star Wars movie and, and really mm-hmm. kind of the first of its kind. And so, you know, what's this movie going to be like? What's the tone going to be like? Um, you know, and and how interesting it is that there are doing these standalone movies. So so it was, to sum up the Bar Citizen, it was a really cool, um, mellower event. And like I said, it was nice to... Um, just you know, have an opportunity to to talk with uh, with Jared uh, and uh, talk with Wolf and talk with. We had like two cats sit with us that we had never met before, and um, you know, we started immediately talking to them about you know ships and um, you know, in theory, crafting with the game and all that kind of good mm-hmm, stuff. And mm-hmm. so it was cool, man. It was just really cool. It was nice. It was different than the other one that I had gone to, and and I really enjoyed that. It was it was just it was quiet, you know, and that was that was cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's. Um, I'm. I'm glad that. I, and I guess it sort of came together very last minute. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm glad you were able to attend. No, no absolutely. Well, I was, it was all Wolf. You know, he was the one that private messaged me and was like, "Hey, you know, this is happening, right?" And I'm like, "No." And he's like, "Guess what? It's happening." I'm like, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> yeah. He. I was uh, talking to him last night. We were uh, uh, out playing some GTA, and uh, he uh, was saying, uh, "Disco looks real good." Yeah, he's, uh, he's been uh, been taking care of himself, and and uh, and it's uh, it's working. So yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on his uh, on his diet, losing the weight, and all that kind of good stuff. We were talking about the whole getting old, and you know, just getting old and getting heavy, and how, how much nobody really enjoys that. No, it's not fun. So, so but uh, uh, yeah, no, no, it was uh, ab- absolutely a good time, uh, and uh, yeah, good times. All right. Well, speaking of good times, production schedule report update. <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm glad you're going to start doing this because um, I I look at that. Uh, I look at the flow chart and my eyes bleed. <laughs> flow charts is is my bread and butter. Um, so anyway, uh, there's no avoiding it. Uh, it's this thing they've given it to us, so we're going to talk about it um, at least until it becomes a mockery of itself, which we will know has happened when it gets spoofed on South Park. I. <laughs> I, I think Steve Bender would make an excellent South Park character, don't you? He would make a great South Park cat character. He's very animated and very enthusiastic. He's he comes pre-animated. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I that was one thing that I I wanted to ask Disco about, and it just didn't come up in conversation. Um, but I wanted to ask him how excited uh, Bender was to actually get that many more animations into the game with two point six. Because that's the exploded. thing. It's like every time, every time I talk to uh, Steve, he's always like, "Oh, it's just there's so many more things that are coming, and I just, I just, I can't wait for you guys to see them." And so, you know, I know he's got to be at least a little bit excited, although not thoroughly excited because it's still not his vision fully realized. But um, I know he's got to be excited that there are a host of additional uh, animations that are obviously going to be coming with uh, Star Marine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as of Friday the 2nd, so that's just two, three days ago, 2.6.0 release aim date has been pushed to December 16th. So that's this week. No, no, wait. It was this week. (laughs) That was, yeah, that was last time. Now it's next week. 
So in the immortal words of Leonard Cohen, it doesn't matter what you heard, the holy or the broken hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I would like my 2.6, please. Next week. Coming soon. TM. TM. Yeah. I, you know, here's the thing. Like, um, you know, showing the, the internal release schedule, I think, is a great thing in that it gives us insight into the process. But it's also one of those things where it's like everyone in the community really needs to wake up to the fact that, you know, those dates are going to change. You know, I it, oh, yeah. we it was originally scheduled 2.6. They were talking about the 8th. It now got pushed to the 16th. It may very well get pushed to the twentieth. Uh, you know, it may get mm-hmm. pushed to the twenty third. You know, it's if I remember correctly, didn't we get a like Christmas Eve like patch? And wasn't it kind of like, hey guys, here's a Christmas Eve patch, and we're all shutting down? Or it was like the twenty second or something, but it was right over the Christmas break. It was the holiday live stream, I think. Yeah, right, in conjunction with that, and then okay. that, they may have may send out a small patch after that or something. But yeah, it's well, um, but well, it was either last year or the year before where they put out before. a major patch. Yeah, right. it was a major release, and it was kind of like, well, we hope it works good because no one's going to be around for a few days, but you know, <laughs> enjoy it. Um, and and it may very well be that. And you know, look, they're doing everything they can to be as transparent as possible. And this yep. right here really speaks to that. So I would say everybody out there in podcast land, just you know, take those dates with a grain of salt. Oh, huge, huge, huge grain of salt. Um, I'm just you know, we've talked about it before. I mean, my my feeling is still this is great. This is interesting information. I will read it every week when it comes out to see what's going on. But. I think it's just it's fuel for is potentially fuel for other fires that I don't think need to be stoked. So yeah, no, I agree. That's it. Okay. So anyway, but all of that said, according to the updated report, we still may may capital letters may get a caterpillar release in two point six. Jimmy, what do you say about that? I thought that was a foregone conclusion. No, it was three but then it moved up. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Then yeah. So we're on the same page. Um, yeah, I have kept consistently heard that we're going to see it in 2.6, but I've always been under the impression that if we do see it in 2.6, it's just going to be hangar ready. Mm. I don't. Yeah. I don't suspect if 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 it is released in 2.6, I do not suspect it'll be flying. I think there's a better chance of that of hangar ready than than flyable. But what I had heard, I hadn't heard it um, or read it said that it was going to be hangar and not flyable, um, but. Because uh, I because I know that that it's that it's gone to testing, so um, you don't need to test it for hangar, um, right? I would think, um, but anyway, I I you know that made me go, Yee! but I I still don't believe that's going to happen. But I didn't let that stop me from depending upon it happening and um, uh, getting rid of my Gemini. Well, cargo. <laughs> <laughs> Cargo is going to be the the first um, one of the first professions in the game with with the release of 3.0. So if we don't see um, the caterpillar in 2.6, we'll obviously see it in 3.0. For me, either way, it's like it's a big clunky ship that requires a crew. Um, I, you know, I'm not on the edge of my seat uh, about having that flight ready until there's actual cargo to move. Uh, you know, so it would be nice. I would be happy with 2.6 even just to see it in the hangar. And, you know, if not, I'm going to have the Herald. And I'm going to be using that ship a great deal uh, in Crusader. So, uh, you know, it's a win-win for me regardless. Oh, there will there will be candy in 2.6. Um, it's, I, I had been using my Gemini as uh, my group play ship. You know, it was like it's my multi-crew ship that we could all, you know, right. uh, get a, a large group of, of folks on together and, and go have fun. Um, anticipating that that you know in in the workaday PU uh, that is going to be my caterpillar, um, so uh, decided uh, what with the anniversary sale, um, I had oh, to do no. a bit of rearranging. Oh, no. oh so, come on, uh, yeah, oh, so, really? What? Yeah. <sighs> you know, it's so funny when when we when we talk these sales when we talk about all of this stuff. It's like I might buy a ship with credit, or I might melt a thing to get a thing that that might better suit the things I want to do but I'm mm-hmm. I'm always very conservative but anytime we talk about this stuff you're like oh I melted 46 ships and got one and or or <laughs> I melted one and got 46 and so okay do tell what happened this time do, do, do you see the symmetry there uh, yes you I, do. One, I do you get 46, you uh-huh. 46 yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well well let's talk about the anniversary sale and we'll get to that so 
Um, the Let's, uh, you know, how successful was it? Uh, um, the week prior to the week of the event, that would have been the week ending Saturday the 12th, CIG brought in about 275000 in new money uh, for the week. Uh, the week of the live stream, the week ending Saturday the 19th, which included the Prowler concept sale kickoff and the beginning of the anniversary sale week, CIG brought in about $2 million, so significant increase there. Now, the week of the anniversary sale, they brought in a paltry $4.4 million. Uh, so for the month of September, they brought in $2.25 million. October, which included CitizenCon and the Polaris concept, $5 million, so more than double what they did in the month of September. November just completed $7.75 million. So wow. was it a success? I don't see how you could argue that it wasn't. I like how you say a paltry $4.4 million. <laughs> I know. It's just, you know, who was, I forget who it was. Uh, it was some, some guy I studied in school who said, you know, a billion here, a billion there. Pretty soon you're talking about real money. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the monies, yes, uh, CIG has them, which is good. Um, you know, and I, like I say, I, I think it is a success. So, hey, why not have another one soon, TM? I, I guess we, we do usually get some sort of a sale thing for Christmas, don't we? Well, there's, there, there'll, there'll be a holiday thing. I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be a big ship sale. Um, that's usually something exclusive for anniversary. But I'm sure there'll be a thing or some maybe things. Maybe a concept. Or, yeah, there'll be, there'll be something that they'll have going on. Uh, maybe maybe there's a surprise hangar ready that we don't know about that um, that may go back on sale or something along those lines. Um, you know, but... At the end of the day, it's like, you know, I'm glad that we talk about the money because I know that it's something that is not and shouldn't be at the forefront of the development, you know, or or at the forefront of what they talk about. But Mm -hmm. in the same respect, you know, I don't feel like anybody should shy away from the money. You know, the money is what fosters the the development of the game. The money is, Mm -hmm. is supplied by the community. Uh, as a way of saying, here we trust you. We know what you're. We know what you're doing, and we know what you're going to be doing. So go for it. So you know, I don't think that anybody should shy away from the money. They should be proud of the money that they're bringing yeah, in absolutely. because it shows. Yeah, it, it shows the confidence that the community has in the development of the game. Because mm-hmm. we're we are currently approaching one and three quarter million star citizens. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, there are still plenty. So obviously, there are plenty of new people joining. Uh, the community on a daily basis and people who are willing to support the development of these games with their wallets. So, you know, of course, we understand that not all citizens own ships. I think the vast majority do. Um, And certainly there are plenty of us who keep adding money. Uh, (laughs) But with the differences this large, I mean, because, it, you know, it wasn't that long ago. God, what's the young lady we met her or we saw her at CitizenCon, the one millionth citizen? Um, I mean, so that and that had just happened prior to CitizenCon, or not too long before CitizenCon, um, and uh, so we're at one and three quarters, or almost one and three quarters now. So that's citizenship has almost doubled in less than a year, and we're, you know, it's it started, you know, what three three plus years ago. So yeah, yeah, no, it's picking up momentum. No, absolutely, um, and the, the more content that you see out there, and. You know, you've got, and you're absolutely right. Um, citizens Eden are not Star. necessarily. I'm sorry, Eden Star. That was right. her name. Uh, citizens are not necessarily backers. Um, you know, you, there is a large contingent of of folk that have invested heavily in the game, but then there is also a large contingent of new players that you know may have just bought you know one small ship or may have done one yep. small upgrade. Um, yep. You know, or or will continue to to help fund the development of the game. But at the end of the day, as they've said a million times, and and as we've said before. Every ship is a ship that you can get in game. It's not anything that you um, can't earn. It's so anytime that you're buying a ship, you're enabling yourself to have a little bit of a, of of a leg up as far as the time sink of getting a ship in game. But you can always get that ship in game. And really, mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're showing your support for CIG. So mm-hmm. from from the forty five dollar package all the way up to the folks that spend way more money than I will ever spend on the game. Um, we're all part of the same team, and it's just Team Star Citizen. Yep, yep. And it's um, uh, boldly go and develop what's never been developed before. Exactly. I like that. That's that's pretty cool. Thank you. Um, so, Jimmy, uh, did you make any moves in the sale? So I did. Um, I, the only thing that I really kind of made a move on was uh, I went from my Avenger Titan to the uh, Renegade. 
And for me, it was a logical step up in that first and foremost, you have the uh, TGWS colors. Yeah. Isn't that that cool? Yeah, that was really cool. I dug that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm happy to fly our colors in my Titan. I think that would be great. Uh, And then the other thing was... I don't really. They're not really very clear on what it is that they're doing, but they're saying that the focus on that ship is towards dogfighting, towards combat. So, uh, you know, I'm not expecting a whole lot. I know that they're not changing hard points, um, but you know, if I get a little bit more, maybe out of shielding. If I get a little bit more, maybe out of the size one guns. Maybe there's, uh, you know, maybe the size one guns that they put on the ship or or size one that I'm not thinking of and I can throw some Mm -hmm. gimbals on those and and just get a little bit more oomph out of the Titan, then it's well worth it for me. The other thing was, not that it matters, uh, Mm -hmm. but I went from a three-year Titan to uh, an LTI uh, Renegade. There you go. So, you you know, the the TGWS colors, the, um, the LTI, which I now pretty much every ship except my Sabre is LTI, because my mm-hmm. saber is my original package, mm-hmm. um, but you know, so LTI TGWS colors uh, and and the hopes that there might be even just a little bit more um, on the survivability side made it kind yeah. of a no brainer for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you're you're you have the same functionality plus maybe a little bit more offensive ability. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah, and so for. Yeah and, for, yeah, and for me, the 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 Titan, or in this case, the the Renegade, um, is my single person uh, hauler. It's my my cigarette boat. You know, if this was Miami Vice, mm-hmm. um, it would be my you know the 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 drug runner. You know that you go from you know uh, Cuba to Key West. You know that's kind of how I envision using that ship. So uh, yeah, it'll be you know I'm excited to see when that ship makes its debut in game. So when you fly it, you're not going to wear socks. Totally not going to wear socks. Have a nice pastel shirt, uh, you know, with a, with a white with a white linen suit. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so that's 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 all you did. Yeah, that was it. That's it. That okay. It. Um, you, you know, I'm. Like I said, I I have a very clear set of uh, things that I want to do in game, and and the ships that I have backed for facilitate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's because you're smart. <laughs> I, on the other hand, am not. <laughs> so, yes, I made some moves, too. Moves the way Jello moves when you throw it at an oncoming train or a basset hound. <laughs> God, you know, I sit home alone on the weekends, and I just write this stuff up, and it just makes me so happy. Um, but, anyway... All those lovely numbers we were just describing, uh, the numbers when they are translated, the ones that are being used to keep the lights on and replace Mark Abent's keyboard. You see, and then I just blow it. Uh Every time he spills his dirty chai latte into it, none of those are because of me. Nope, nope, nope. I melted. Um, So on our community show, we're going to be discussing the relative merits of melting versus spending more monies. But until then, yes, until then, net, net, at the end of the day, where the rubber meets the road... I converted my Space Santa Aegis Avenger Stalker, was a package, to the Titan Renegade standalone. Um, and But so I had, to, that was my package, so I had to uh, get something so I could still play the game. So I picked up a Griswold package, uh, which was, um, which was, uh, is nice. And then uh, I melted my Gemini to do all that. So none more Stargy. I'm so ashamed. So um, uh, for those that don't know, uh, please explain the Griswold package. Yeah, oh, the uh, the Mustang Alpha, the uh, the Griswold, the mighty Griswold that our friend uh, Handsome Devil uh, flies and um, just got uh, back holiday road. Exactly, the family truckster <laughs> in, uh, in so in pea green with the optional rally fun pack. <laughs> the optional rally fun pack is included. <laughs> So um, uh, anyway, uh, I got no more Star G, and um, I oh yeah, I picked up a fuel pod for my Endeavor because they put those back on sale with the uh, at the the grand finale. They did not do it on Misc Day, which made me so sad. But on the grand finale day, I was able to get a fuel pod, um, and then I've got a chunk of money left on account so that when we get our next unmelt tokens, I can get my Cutlass Red out of Hawk, and hopefully by then. <laughs> <laughs> the rework on it will be done, and it won't fly like a bloated space pig anymore. Oh, that ship flies so bad right now. I, I will <clears> say that um, 
the redesign uh, talking uh, holiday uh, extravaganza or, or anniversary of extravaganza, uh, mm-hmm. the redesign on the uh, Cutlass is really, really nice. Yes. yes. Um, I'm curious what the cargo space is because uh, here's the thing. I love my Lancer. That ship flies great. It, it fires great. Um, I'm pretty much a freelancer guy as far as the, the medium-sized cargo hauler. Mm-hmm. But I, I might be interested in going full-on Drake fanboy if the Cutlass has, you know, the same cargo and the same, you know, survivability and, and if it's a little bit more maneuverable. Uh, I don't know. We'll it see. might have better cockpit visibility, that's for sure. May very well. It's it's bigger now, too. So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like where I went from the Connie to the Caterpillar. I'm kind of keeping a side eye on that uh, on that Cutlass Black, so we'll see how it shapes up. No, just go ahead and melt now. It's fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So, um... Anyway, uh, that's that's what I did in the anniversary sale. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm feeling um, I'm feeling good. I'm looking forward to 2.6, so I can uh, fly the, the the new Titan, the Avenger Titan. I had a stalker before, so I'm um, looking forward to the Titan. Um, that's going to that's my um, TGWS uh, hangar ship. So, uh, and, and I think that it's a um, a sort of a bit of an improvement uh, as a sort of multi-purpose hangar ship uh, like one like you said it's uh, TGWS colors so that's uh, that's cool and then also it, you can do cargo with it you can also do um um, uh, you know, dogfighting with it, and uh, the lore behind it—it's uh, in honor of a guy, and I forget his name. We talked about it last time, I think. Um, he was uh, a member of the advocacy, and uh, it was—it uh, had been a stalker because you know the stalker has the um, the holding cells in it. Right. Uh, but uh, his particular philosophy as a member of the advocacy was take no prisoners, so no holding cells required. <laughs> So um, it's uh, it's it'll anyway it'll work well as a, a small cargo ship and also um, as a, a, a fighter. So I'm thinking that uh, to loan that out to folks just getting started out that that'll be a useful ship. So absolutely, absolutely. Excited I think it's I think it's going to be a good little hauler. Yep, yep. And um, so Loremikers Guide. We talked about them on the last verse cast. It's been a while since we did a verse cast, but we talked about them a little bit. I did a, a couple of their uh, episodes and wanted to, uh, to talk tonight a little bit about Cabal, about the Cabal system. Uh, and this was a, a few weeks ago, uh, but it's interesting because of the way it ties into uh, the anniversary sale, actually. Uh, so uh, it was hosted this time by archivist Sherry Heiberg and uh, the Cabal system. Uh, have you um, um, gone to Cabal yet in uh, Quantum Drive? No, I have not. Mm, okay. Um, it's understandable why. Um, it's currently yeah, uninhabited. It's not a lot of story. Not a lot of story to mine out of that uh, system. But yeah, no, go ahead. go on. Not please. not quite yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, there's some uh, UEE survey folks there now, and uh, the system has three planets, uh, two of which are proto planets, um, and there is no native life as such in the entire system. So it's it's all very mysterious. And a fun fact, Jimmy: uh, proto planets live in their parents' basement. It's true. Yeah, uh, that's what Sherry said. And so there's not much to say about Cabal 1. Uh, Cabal 2 has some potential because of its minerals and terraformability, and uh, it has therefore attracted the attention of some ship manufacturers, especially, specifically, I'm not especially, specifically, Asperia and them Tavarans. Now, uh, Sherry pronounces it Tevarans. I was I just was. about to say, yeah, I, I yeah. you know, tomato, tomato. But yeah, when she started calling the, uh, the, the Tavaran, Teverans, I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> huh? Have I been saying it wrong this whole time? Oh, crap. I was just going to blame it on my uh, on, on my spider uh, accent. Well, <laughs> or blame it on uh, on Chris Roberts, who calls him Tavarans. So, there you go. Yeah. But uh, she's uh, the archivist, so it's kind of, I don't know, I see a classic rap battle coming. Um, and... Them Tavarans or Tevarans are mostly interested because Cabal Three has ancient Tevaran ruins and cultural items, um, and such. I'm just, ooh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it to bed. Um, Tevaran, Tavaran, tomato, tomato. Um, case in point, if we're going to um, just just dig into lore, uh, like as I mentioned earlier, just to clarify for those that that don't get the reference. Uh, Spider is a uh, pirate outpost in the 
uh, Cathcart system. Mm-hmm. Uh, they it's basically an entire community. It's like a free port, if you will, for pirates. Uh, they very much have their own accent, their own dialect, and mm-hmm. Star Citizen has talked about dialects um, ranging, in fact, from from different regions and, and different places, which makes sense if you have a different dialect. If you have a British dialect or or an American dialect, you know, obviously you're going to have dialects on planets as well. So, tomato, tomorrow, tomato, Tavarin. What, what did she? How did she? Uh, what is it? Uh, Tavarin Tavarin. No. Tavarin. Tavarin Tavarin. Tavarin Tavarin. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Cabal 3 um, uh, also, in, in, in addition to the, I'm just going to say Tavarin because it's her show, uh, the Tavarin <laughs> Ruins um, is an excellent candidate for immediate colonization uh, because of its, uh, its climate and its surface and it's got water and trees and stuff. Um, and the interesting thing is no one knows why the ancient Teverins stopped living there. Uh, there is no evidence of violence, either natural or otherwise. It's, it's just as if one day everyone on the planet just left what they were doing behind and never returned. Do you think in so, hindsight they were like, ah, we got our butts handed to us twice in, in, <laughs> in the Tavaran Wars, lost our home world. Maybe we should have stayed there on Cabal 3, Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I can I have that back? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Can I can we do over on that? <laughs> it's, it's like the, the the biggest mulligan the universe has ever seen. Uh-huh. Um, twice, and so um, anyway, very mysterious. But actually, why I even brought it all up um, is that Cabal Three is where the Asperia Prowler was discovered, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so actually, I think it's where the plans for the ship were, were recently found. But uh, that's uh, that is the origin of uh, of the, uh, the the design for the ship uh, that we saw featured in um, in the concept sale, and then also uh, featured in uh, the uh, Galactic Tour uh, videos that they were playing every day as part. What did you What did you think of that, Jax McCleary or McCreary McCreary? Um, and the Galactic Tour videos. Did you did you watch those? Absolutely loved it. Loved yeah. it. Um, I thought it was a, a great way to um, to inject a little bit of lore um, and and really kind of pull you into you know pull pull the anniversary sale into the universe. I, I was really happy with the way they did it. I love that they were just they they didn't overdo it. They were just short little teasers that basically set your imagination up for going to like Detroit Auto Show or going to like CES yeah. or you know any any type of trade show they they really did a great job of kind of capturing that essence. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, now there were a, a couple of Q&As on the Prowler during the concept sale. We were going to be discussing those um, some of the questions from those during the next uh, community show on account of Mark bought one and uh, he has opinions and stuff. So yeah, I'm sure sure he has quite yes, he, a number of yes. opinions. Yes, he does. He's not he's not as experienced a melter and repurchaser as I am. So That's true. Really, he still gets the jitters. I, I'm way past that. <laughs> All right, and one last thing on the Teverns, and I'll put this in the show notes. How about them hell chickens? Did you see this picture? <laughs> hell chickens, really? Is that the, is that the thing? Did you now? Did you come up with hell chickens, or is that something you found on the internet? Of course, I came up with hell chickens. Well, I mean, I'm sure someone else has said the, the phrase at some point or another, but that was mine. Hell that chickens. Perfect. <laughs> well, I mean, look at them. I mean, they're just... Um, so we saw the last show, we talked about a picture that got... I think they put it out the same day as the um, the live stream uh, showing the... Um, uh, right, they were armored in the armored, picture. Right. right, it was. I think it was, it was more... I think it was more of a concept of, of, what, of what they looked like in armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this he, is just straight up their heads. Their heads, yeah. And it's, they're pretty, pretty scary. So anyway, very cool. We'll put that in the show notes. So um, uh, exciting stuff about their context for the Prowler, our first uh, Teverin ship. Um, uh, so uh, excited for uh, not only for Mark to get to, to play with it and play with him in it, but then also uh, to see what happens next uh, in the uh, the line of uh, Tavarin technology. I guess I've re- we've, we've left uh, lore makers, so it's, they're back to Tavarins now. So. Okay, perfect. All right, and scene. All right, so... Um, one of the uh, the coolest things that happened since last time we recorded, um, if not the coolest, was the November Subscriber Town Hall. Now, this was uh, hosted by Tyler Whitkin and featuring Tony Zervek. If you have not, if you've not seen it, 
it's well worth um, uh, giving it a, a listen. You don't have to watch it because it's just Tyler and Tony, um, you know, sitting there talking to each other. And, you know, while, you know, they're both fine, handsome gentlemen, you know, after a while, it just, you know. Yeah, I actually listened to it. Um, I actually just listened to it on my uh, drive home. Yeah, yeah. This, I, one of my favorite things to do is listen to YouTube in the car. Um, so... Uh, uh, there were uh, there was so much information in there. I mean, it was actually not a whole lot of questions they went over, but you know, as Tony does when he gets a question, he just runs with it, and uh, um, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to reel him back in. But a couple of the things I thought were uh, interesting and worth uh, noting are um, NPCs are just going to be crazy interactive, um, uh, both with with players and also with each other, and they're going to be smart. They're going to remember us um, if we if we behave poorly. Uh, they will remember and treat us accordingly, and um, I assume that that uh, there may be a way to you know win back their favor or um, uh, have them you know not uh, not think so poorly of us. Maybe you know time. Maybe that'll time out or something. Or there will be a there will be a bad behavior cool down, kind of kind of like kindergarten. <laughs> well, it was interesting the way that you know the way that he described it. Um, it it's a lot more subtle. You, you know, it's where he he had talked about you know our. our I think one of the questions was, you know, how are how are you going to interact with the day to day NPCs? You know, mm-hmm. um, the ones that are just milling about, you know, doing their own thing. And I really liked what he was talking about, where you know, it's there. There will be things as subtle as, you know, because these are people that are the NPCs are people that are kind of going about their day. So you may walk by someone and they may just kind of give you a nod. Um, mm-hmm. They, if it's in like more of a dangerous area, they may kind of just track you with their eyes. I, I love all of that. The, those types of subtle touches are, are, and he had said as much, are the things that will bring the NPCs to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, he he had also mentioned that you know if you fail a mission, like if you go to a bar, the bartender, and take a mission from that bartender, for example, and you fail that mission, he may not be so apt to talk to you next time. He may kind of give you the cold shoulder. Um, you know, so all of those types of little things, the fact that like, you know, a bartender will remember you over time. And, and, you know, I don't suspect it'll be anything crazy, but just the fact that you can walk into a bar and, and get maybe a nod of recognition or, or, a, you know, Hey Jackson, good to see you again. You know, uh, those little things are really just going to help so much in, in bringing the verse to life, especially with the 90, 10% ratio of, uh, NPCs, 90% NPCs, 10% players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But now, now, didn't he say that if you went into a bar and behaved badly? Yes, he had mentioned. Now, how how do you, how are we going to do? Is there going to be like a you know a, a, in the inner thought system? Is there going to be a prompt for like be a dick? Or <laughs> I mean, is it is it going to be? I, I suppose there may be a prompt to be rude to you know somebody working there or. Uh, I suppose you could click on, you know, somebody's drink and, and uh, you know, knock it over or something. Well, he was he was saying, like, for example, um, you know, if you started dancing next to a group of people, like not on the <laughs> dance floor, but I like if you if you just rolled up onto some people sitting at a bar, at a table or at the bar and started dancing that they would kind of because you're in their personal space, they would kind of get up and walk over to some to another part of the bar. Um, very cool. You know, real-life situations like this is not why I play video games. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, my, my best Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, anyway, uh, I thought that that was interesting, and I, I'm really looking forward to see how it is that they implement that. Um, interdiction devices. Now, I thought this this was made my, my ears go up. It's like, so who knew? I mean, apparently these are, are devices that are going to allow players and or NPCs to pull someone out of quantum travel. And uh, the devices are going to be configurable uh, in their range and consequently in their signature. So small range, small signature, less chance of getting caught using the thing. I guess it's going to be a thing where law enforcement, the advocacy is licensed to use them, uh, but you know they're not available for civilian use. Or you, If you're a civilian, you wouldn't really have a legitimate reason for using one of these things um, because you're, you're not going to be chasing bad guys. Um, so... Um, uh, anyway, you know, if if you use a much larger range, it'll it'll have a bigger signature, and you might as well, you know, just go ahead and, and call the advocacy ahead of time and tell them that you're, you know, you're uh, you're pulling people out of quantum, so come arrest me. Um, but 
you know, so I'm thinking, you know, like I used to have a radar detector, but you know, now I drive a Prius, so I don't need one. Um, and so I wonder if there's going to be an equivalent device in Star Citizen, you know, some, not something that tells you that you are being interdicted, but uh, perhaps some tech that can warn you that when an interdiction device is in the area. So the, just the whole idea of an interdiction device was not something really I had um, uh, considered. I had sort of thought that this was a thing that, you know, like in Elite Dangerous, it's like part of your ship sort of, I guess. I don't know. I've never used one myself. It, it seems like from the way that he has described it that you're going to, and, and I'm just speculating, but it's a device, uh, you know, uh, like kind of like the old, um, kind of like the old World War II uh, water mines, you know, the, the, the mines that they used to put in the water that had like all the different like, um, you know, spiked ends on them and mm-hmm, such would mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of graze them. Um, I'm, I'm kind of envisioning something like that where it's a device that you drop into um, into a trade lane or into a trade route and it, it casts a wide net. And then that net, if it's a really wide net, is, is going to be easy to, uh, to trace, I guess. Mm-hmm. And if it's a really small net, it's going to be something that's much more difficult to trace. Maybe you need specialized uh, radar equipment to find the really small mm-hmm. ones. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was the, the conversation about balancing it was the thing that I found the most interesting because it's real easy to uh, you know drop an interdiction device and knock people out of uh, out of warp, but mm-hmm. you know you have to give people the opportunity to escape. To, to you know if you panic, right, you're right. dead. But if you keep your wits about you, you should have an opportunity to be able to get away. And right. I, I really liked the way that they're approaching trying to balance this. And of course, this is all subject to change. Um, yes. You know, we're doing a little speculating based on what Tony had said. But the impression that I got was, you know, if you cast a wide net, so to speak, um, one of the things that I thought was really cool was that it will have a signature and that, you know, um, advocacy and mercs throughout the verse will go find it and blow it up. Um, I thought right. that was really cool. So there's a game mechanic in play for people to go find them and blow them up. You know, I could see somebody just spending the whole weekend going out and irritating pirates and blowing up their interdiction devices. Yeah. Um, you know, there is, from the way that he described it, if it's, if, you know, if you're draining, if you're using a lot of power to to grab somebody out of a quantum drive and pull them in close to you, then there seems like there is going to be a reset time where you may need to like repower up your ship or you know that buys the other person an opportunity to jump away um, right. whereas if you have a much smaller signature they're going to you're going to pull them if they if they come across the trap you're going to pull them but you're not going to pull them in, into an area that's relatively close to you and so at that point you're going to need to you know scan the system find them on your radar and go ch- trace or go track them down Again, allowing for time for the cargo hauler to get his wits about him and hopefully get out of there. Right, right. Or you know, and because I, I think he also mentioned too that when you get when you get interdicted, you will have an opportunity to uh, set off your distress beacon. Right. Uh, um, so right, and call yeah, for help. Uh, right, call for help. Um, so you know, if if when you're interdicted, you're too close to the person that interdicted you then it's in the favor of the interdictor. Right. If it's too far away, then the chances of a successful interdiction become relatively small, and there's really no point, i.e. it's not fun to be a pirate, so you wouldn't use the thing. Right. So as an interdictor, (laughs) (laughs) um, you have to make the choice between do I roll the dice on casting a wide net and potentially have this... um, device destroyed, which would be a huge waste of time and money, um, or do I cast a smaller net um, to allow for, you know, but but possibly lose out on the opportunity of catching someone. So right. there's, there's a, there, just the fact that they're really giving serious consideration to balancing a device like that um, I thought was really cool. And they're really taking into account the fun playability of it from both aspects, uh, from yep. being a pirate to being a hauler. It's so complex. It's yeah. so complex. I mean, and, and not complex in um, in in concept, uh, in high level concept, but complex in the level of detail that they want to imbue this gameplay mechanic with. Right. Right. 
And this, this um, kind of, and, I, and we'll touch on it in, a little bit further down, but this also touches on the continued playability of the game. You know, yes. um, a little thing, like I said, a little thing like, you know, someone that, that role plays as part of the advocacy will spend the whole weekend just doing nothing but, you know, mining for interdiction devices. Right, right. Which, you know, I had never considered it being separate from the ship, like you dropping it like a mine. So I think that's that's very cool. Um, so a, sort of a related uh, topic was is quantum linking. Um, and so this is going to be a thing. And I think you can do this in Elite Dangerous now uh, with the uh, the wings uh, uh, update, but I, I don't know for sure. Uh, but it's a it's going to allow us to travel together with our friends uh, across vast distances of space, uh, which is really good because space is big. Um, and so if we're traveling together and one of us gets interdicted, everyone will drop out of quantum together. Oh, that'll be such a bad day for the pirate. Well, yeah. <laughs> you get like you get like one or two like desperate noob pirates, like one's fly, flying like a, a cutlass black and like two sabers, and you interdict, you interdict a, a hull E with, I don't know, a dozen or so mercs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oops. Oh, hi guys. Sorry. Sorry. Um so but everybody gets pulled out it's not going to be necessarily in the same place. Right. So it's it's not going to be if you interdict one then all of a sudden, you know, you know, it's like a, a scene from whatever sci-fi movie you want to uh, You're thinking of Serenity. All, yeah, you know where they all just drop out right, and they right, right, got right. got their guns pointed uh, I'm sorry. Did you say something? You know, that's you know, it won't be like that. But um, I think that this is that this is going to be, um, and again, back to keeping it interesting both for the interdictor and the interdictee. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that this is going to be where pre-planning and coordination ahead of time is going to be absolutely key. So a team which can consistently regroup quickly and efficiently right. in response to an interdiction is going to succeed in defending itself and quite possibly. You know, earn some credits in doing so because you know uh, the lone the lone pirate or you know the the small group of pirates that interdict you know a large group they get you know they they're likely going to have some bounties on them or something too you know so it's like the wanted guy showing up and, and saying hey shoot me you know mm-hmm. so, no absolutely but, yeah so definitely um, um, you know interesting complexity or sort of um, uh, uh, continuous gameplay you know which again like I think you said we will talk about in just a moment. Actually, we're going to talk about it right now. Um, the mission system, which is going to be crazy dynamic and uh, somewhat tailored towards the individual, dependent upon the choices they make. So, in other words, uh, the same mission chain can play out very differently dependent upon what the player decides to follow up on or investigate apart from the main mission thread. So, we're going to we can we'll either be able to play straightforward and simple, or meander off task and get ourselves into all sorts of Dutch. I have to say, though, um, I I liked the way Tony described this because <laughs> there was a little bit more um, there's a little bit more uh, reality in the way that he described it mm-hmm. um, one of my one of my big questions or one of my big concerns um, you know I, I like I, like everybody else I mean you know as you're watching the development of the game you do have concerns in that wow that's impressive in its scope how are they planning on implementing that and so one of the things I thought was really interesting about this particular uh, question was that, that Tony took the time to say, look, there are going to be like, uh, and he didn't use this term, but there are going to be like hero missions where mm-hmm. like you go to a bartender or you go to a drug lord or you go to, um, you know, a advocacy agent and that has motion capture and that has depth and it's it's kind of like what we saw in not homestead but the um miles eckert right miles yeah miles eckert uh so you know they're going to have those quote-unquote you know hero missions but the bulk of what the universe is going to be populated with is going to be message board missions Mm -hmm. and which is which makes sense it's like okay now I got it because if you're trying to do and he even said it, it's impossible to do you know hero populate an entire verse with hero missions it's just not going to happen right. so the concept is as far as the the mass mission population is you know you get a message you get a a, a job from a message board that is uh, go and uh, or you get a distress beacon and it's go and help this hauler who's getting uh, hunted by pirates and you jump in and you kill all the pirates and then you can leave and that mission is over or 
you could go and go onto the pirate ships and start scavenging through the pirate ships, and maybe you'll hack into their um, their computer terminal, and maybe mm-hmm. it will give you coordinates to lead you to another mission. And then you go and do that mission, and maybe you'll find something there that leads you to another mission. So in that respect, it's very creative and very groundbreaking and, and breaks up the monotony of a message board uh, or terminal-based uh, 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 job system. Right. Well, I know you and I have both in our playing career uh, suffered from many nights of MMO-induced sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not going to help that. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> because it's, it's going to be just one more. Oh, we, dude, we're so far along this chain. We just got to go uh-huh. to the end. Yep. Yeah. No, no, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, it's, it's very exciting. And, you know, it's, it's it, you know, when Tony talks about this kind of stuff, it's, it's, you know, you hear it and you go, yeah, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. And then you get a chance to think about it and you have a billion more questions. Well, how are you going to do this part? How are you going to do this? How's this going to happen? Yeah, exactly. And that, that's, um, that's always been a, a concern of mine is just, you know, like I said, is, is the way that it has been described up until this point hasn't isn't really different than the way Tony just described it um, on this particular uh, on this particular um, backer uh, backer form uh, or town hall, but right. but he just it was a little bit more grounded, you know, in the way that he described it and and a little bit more detailed in how they're going to flesh out the the greater uh, career system or the greatest the, the greater job system. Yeah, I think the further we get along, the less because um, he can speak about stuff speculatively too, and right. it seems like he's he's doing less of that now as more and more development occurs because more stuff is is done or they design decisions have been made in more in more cases that you know what they're building upon is is better defined on a foundation, yeah, like a foundational part of it, yeah, so. yeah, less in concept, more in design. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and the of course he uh, the thing that made me the happiest, and uh, I immediately went out and sent him a Christmas card, uh, is that he said medical medical is rescue. So um, somebody was asking the questions like you know, well, hey, what about the medic role? And I said, yeah, hey, what about the medic role? And he said, well, you know, I think of medic as being part of the rescue mechanic. And he says, actually, more is is the medical profession is is going to be integrated into many different activities. Um, so it's not going to be, you know, if you're a medic, all you can do is, you know, run over, press X and heal your buddy or, you know, push a button on, on the uh, the med bay and, uh, you know, install cybernetic limb now, you know, it's going to instead, uh, you're going to need a, someone, a medical profession uh, uh, when doing a, a rescue mission. So you can be involved in rescuing an escape pod. So you can, you can have... Um, uh, an escape pod that uh, sends out a distress beacon, but it could be that the inhabitants are pretty close to dead, and the mission is like, and they're important dignitaries or something. You know, it, it could be Podme and um, and uh, what was Friendo Podme uh, on there, and you know, to to, to save the uh, to save the galaxy, you have to you have to be able to revive. So you know, me, you need a medic there. Well, the, um, well I, was, I was excited. I think the thing that I really dig about that is um, that you're not really a quote unquote medic in that you're not going and learning a skill book or, or, or learning a skill. Right. And, and I think what we're going to see is, you know, because Tony was saying that he doesn't like the, he doesn't necessarily like the idea of narrowed professions, like you're mm-hmm. a medic or you're a hauler. He likes the idea that anyone can be a little bit of everything. But with that said, I do kind of envision over time seeing more and more medical tools coming out. Right. And so basically the medic profession is simply the guy that has the most medic toys. You know what I mean? The guy that's got... Over you here, know, over here. Exactly. The guy that's got the med bays, the guy that's mm-hmm. got um, the best med uh, stims in the galaxy, uh, you know, the guy that's got whatever, you know, new medic, quote unquote, medic pack that comes out, you know, a year or so after the game has been, you know, launched and so maybe mm-hmm. a small medic expansion. Like I see stuff like that happening. Um, you know, speaking even to the business model, I see, you know, like, you know, the the Cutlass Red Med Bay 2.0 upgrade that has like a host of upgrades in that Med Bay suite that you can either get in game or you can buy outside the game that allows for you to take your med skills to the next level, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's well, and I think Tony said that that roles in the game are not going to be defined by classes or, like right. you said, skill trees. They're going to instead be defined more by how you equip 
your right. your player. Yeah. So if you if you're completely dressed down to be a medic, it's gonna you're gonna have all the medic toys and bells and whistles, and probably a ship that is uh, geared towards that. And I think that's a brilliant way to do it, man. I, I love mm-hmm. that. You know, I, I love the fact that you know uh, being being a smuggler doesn't limit me to uh, just being a smuggler, you know, that I'll have all the tools geared towards being a smuggler. But, you know, if there's something else that's interesting in the game, I can also kind of have that on the side, you know, or or have um, a ship that's tailored towards, uh, you know, something a little bit different. Yeah, so I, but, you know, the way he was describing is that pretty much any activity, um, and, you know, from my selfish perspective, any activity there could be a use for my character equipped as a medic. Yeah, you know, in in any, you know, in transport, in you know, mercenary, in search and rescue, um, there's there's going to be a use for that role defined by you know the equipment that um, that you're carrying. Uh, so you know, I think it's an exciting time to be me. <laughs> All right. Well, so um, it, folks, if you haven't, uh, I highly encourage you to listen to. Uh, to uh, uh, Tony and Tyler, um, very very interesting stuff, and uh, he always re excites me for the game um, and uh, what it is that we're going to um, uh, be able to do together in the persistent universe. So very cool. Uh, so real quick, we're coming up uh, up to man, an hours just flown by, isn't it, Jimmy? Yeah. Well, okay, let's uh, real quickly go through the weekly shows and a couple of interesting points I, I thought uh, were to be found there uh, in. Um, in uh, the uh, Around the Verse uh, uh, Germany edition, uh, hosted by uh, Chris, I think it was uh, 3.14, uh, hosted by Chris and Forrest Stefan. Uh, they do, did a, a live stream recap and a Frankfurt studio update and a behind-the-scenes segment on Star Marine. So it was fun to watch, again, some of the, the, the same kind of stuff that we saw in the video we watched together on the last uh, TGWS yeah. show. It was, a nice, uh, uh, it was a nice deep dive, too. I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, just really kind of a behind-the-scenes on all of the work that's gone into uh, trying to make that happen. Yes, and uh, and uh, we got Todd Pappy and Steve Bender among among others uh, there to uh, further elaborate on all the messy bits behind making that Star Marine sausage. Mm. You know, I think I think Todd and Steve should do a buddy cop movie. <laughs> it's funny um, watching Steve talk about the game. It's like anyone that's listened to our podcast. I'm sure you've heard me say multiple times. Um, you know, the passion that Steve has about the motion capture that he does and his burning desire to make it as accurate as possible. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really cool. If, if you've watched that segment, you'll you'll see a little bit. He's usually a little bit more buzzed when him and I are talking. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you'll see what it is that I see when I sit down and talk with him. And, and one of the reasons why I'm such a big um, fan of the team and, and the passion that they have, you, it really comes through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then in the corresponding Reverse the Verse, uh, it was hosted by Brian Chambers and guest uh, with guests, uh, weapon artist David Seba and design director Todd Pappy again. Uh, so now, Jimmy, apparently just because there's no air in space, we can't have flamethrowers. <laughs> Where is the realism versus gameplay balance in that? Well, it's, if, What's it's, that? if it's plasma, if it's, you know, f- uh, lit up plasma, then I guess that's kind of your workaround. I, you know, I don't care. As long as Aloe Man has something to do, that's Perfect. important. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I liked, um, I liked the multi-tool. I thought that was really cool. Um, I think, uh, you know, you're starting to see game mechanics slowly get fleshed out. Like, well, how am I going to repair my ship on an individual level, not on a, um, you know, a, a grand ship size scale? And that's why you've got the multi-tool. You know, how am I going to, you know, cut into the side of a hull? Multi-tool. You know, right. how, how am I going to... Um, you know, hack into uh, you know a locked uh, data array, probably a multi-tool. Multi-tool. Um, multi-tool. I also love the pistol that they showed. The uh, that red one, that that kind of longer, almost uh, Colt forty-five looking pistol mm-hmm. that they showed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just like, yes, give me, give me one or two of those. <laughs> I think you should get two because otherwise you're just going to throw your lower back out. You got to have one on each side. That's true. <laughs> Um, and they also uh, they talked about um, uh, again you know with the medics that uh, you know uh, dependent upon uh, gadgets roles are dependent upon gadgets in the game um, and someone asked about uh, capture the Idris uh, or any hybrid modes between Star Marine and Arena Commander 
nothing yet, but it's gonna be, it's gonna happen eventually. And uh, how much fun is that gonna be? Yeah, that'll be a, a good time. A lot. Okay. Then this last week, uh, ATV three point one five. We were in the UK and uh, was hosted by Sandy and Sean Tracy. Got the UK studio update covering asteroids, camera controls, and Star Marine audio. Oh my! But my favorite bit. Uh, was the weekly MVP winner, which was Nubifier, and he has a YouTube video on the CIG pipeline. Lots of pretty pictures and some uh, pipeline knowledge, too, so we'll put a link in the show notes, so definitely check that out. Um, Then in RTV the following day, uh, it was hosted by Disco and uh, featured junior sound designer Barney Orem. That's just a, a great name. That is a great name. Barney. Barney Orem. Um, and lead technical designer, uh, John Crew. Um, now, CIG is Barney's first job out of university, and one of his first tasks was making sandworm noises. How cool <laughs> is that? So That is pretty like, cool. From from study hall to sandworm noises in a matter of mere months. That's, that's, that's living the dream, Jimmy. It's true. Um, and uh, John talked about uh, Evocati 2.6 feedback, and it's probably not surprising to learn that the changes coming have been controversial. And I think uh, we should probably brace ourselves for similar controversies after 2.6 hits the general PTU and when it goes live after that. There will be blood, Jimmy. <laughs> Quick, name that movie. Oh, uh, yeah, that is the name of the movie. Uh, it's your milkshake. I'll drink it up. <laughs> And one last bit of disappointments. The pointy bits on the front of our caterpillars have no functional purpose. They're purely decoration. Huh. Boo. Well, if it's, a, if, Refund. It's a, if it's a blockade runner, I don't know, right? Sure. I can dream. No, it's, it's, not, even a back, it's not even a battering ram. It's just it's like curb feelers. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Well, for now. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> All right, and we probably, uh, on our way out the door here, just mentioned that No Man's Sky did patch uh, the Foundations update. Um, I um, I have not played it yet, but it looks interesting, and uh, some of the reviews I've seen of it uh, seem to uh, uh, say that it's a, um, a good thing. So anyway, maybe at some point later on down the road, on a slow news week, we will uh, we'll talk about that some more. Is your wife uh, uh, playing it at all? No, um, not really. Uh, so uh, she's... Um She's got a review coming out on a game I'm not allowed to talk about uh, that was majestic and fantastic um, and okay. uh, made her tear up at the end. Uh, oh. So she's been playing that, and we've been playing Overwatch. Cool. All right. Okay, so um, what's coming up? Well, hopefully 2.6 to PTU. Now, it's to the general Evocati, so we're... Um, and if it's going to... If the aim date is relative to a live release, then... Gosh, maybe sometime this week we'll see actually uh, a release to uh, the wider PTU. You think? Maybe. Yeah, it's very Perhaps. possible. Uh, it'd be, okay. It would be cool. I, it, I'm it still, would. I'm still wondering if you know when they when they talk about the release of 2.6, and I'm I'm assuming that the answer is that that date on the 16th is live to everyone, or if that's you know to the PTU. Well, that's what that's what I'm wondering. So I, you know. At least to the because I think the the final PTU release is to every anyone that wants to download it, right? Right, you know, and because uh, they're like the first wave, second wave, but they were um, I think they were doing it to anyone that wanted to download it, and then you know, which still gave folks who didn't want to play it, who wanted to stay with the previous version, the ability to do that because once they push it to live, then you can't go back to the previous version, right? Um, so anyway, hopefully um, uh, we'll have some movement on that before uh, we record again on the 19th of this month. Tune in, find out. But in the meantime, please go to engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's enjin.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen the Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com, where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. You can reach the podcast by email, comms at versecast.org. On the Twitters, we are at versecast. Do be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Now is the time on sprockets when we change our monkeys' nappies. That's no, you know, that's an old one. I thought I put a new one in here. No, oh. not yet. Not yet. Oh, for crying out loud. Oh, for crying out, Pete. 
<laughs> my name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? Oh, my name is Jimmy. Uh, you can find me most chatty over at Twitter, at Jimmy Croker. Um, I talk about uh, Star Citizen and a host of other things, music and life in general. Uh, then uh, you can find my show, Quantum Drive, every Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST, over on the base. Uh, it's a mixture of uh, music and lore. Uh, tell uh, stories about uh, my character Jackson in game, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, rest of my contact notes or contact info is in the show notes. Hit me up! Yay! Until next time, then we are those guys with ships, and this has been the Verse Cast. See you guys. Corbin Dallas multi tour. Multi tour. I bet you Corbin Dallas has a fine multi tour. I've heard he has a, a rather robust, uh, girthy multi-tool. Excellent. <laughs>